You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's continue our analysis of the conference championship games with our friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, I want to pose a question to you. I just asked David Garrard, and we'll draw upon your defensive expertise. We know Jacksonville has an outstanding defense still, very tough to match up against Rob Gronkowski. In the past, we've seen Eric Berry of the Chiefs, Cam Chancellor of the Seahawks have success. How do you think Jacksonville tries to approach Gronk on Sunday? Well, you know, and you know, the Patriots, Josh McDaniels, they're going to move Rob Gronkowski uh, around, so it's going to make it really difficult on the Jacksonville Jaguars to really, you know, hide their coverage because uh, teams do that because they want to identify whether you're in man or zone. And I know earlier uh, today, Jalen Ramsey said, well, he's going to do exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars need for him and the team to be successful. And Rob Gronkowski has never seen a guy the likes of his kind. And I can tell him this, Rob Gronkowski has seen everyone. And everyone's every team that's facing him, they throw all kinds of corners at him, big corners, small corners. It doesn't work because here's what you have to understand, gentlemen. We're talking about Rob Gronkowski. He's not really a speed guy. He's going to beat you vertical, but... When you play basketball, you always talk about boxing guys out. If Tom keeps the ball, you know, very low and, in, and throwing in tight windows, now we're talking about that's the difference between a completion and incompletion, and it's going to be very difficult. So I can see them trying to put Jalen Ramsey on the match up with Robin Gronkowski because, you know, he plays tall, he plays big, but it's like how consistent can he be? But you can also expect some combo coverage from the linebackers to give a little help maybe some safety, dropping the safety into the box, a la like the Seattle Seahawks would do to play that Robert coverage, to take away those short dig routes away from Robert McCowski. But if you're focusing your whole game plan around stopping Robert McCowski, I think that that's the wrong game plan when you try to face these New England Patriots because there are other guys on that team that can definitely beat you over the top and beat you with receptions. And Thomas Pullman, I'll sit in the shotgun make it hard on your defense, get the ball out of my hands real quick, and dig and dunk the ball all the way down the field. So, you know, talk is cheap. We're going to have to see if the Jackson Jaguars can really live up to the expectations and the fact that everyone's been patting them on the back. Nick, let's talk about that Minnesota Vikings team. You and I had a, a very quick conversation after that game <laughs> because every because we both were in disbelief what took place but you mentioned you were going to have to watch uh, three comedy comedy shows or movies to get you over so you could really kind of come down a little bit because of the move that Marcus Williams made on making that tackle on Stephen Diggs tell us the movies you watch and give us a take on on that game and what happens moving forward three-part question I had to watch Friday I had to watch uh, Richard Pryor a stand-up. I even threw in an animated movie uh, trolls to kind of help me calm me down because in Defender, I still don't to this day understand what uh, Williams was thinking on that play. And usually you don't attack a guy, so I'm not going to attack him, but I'm just going to say, well, at that point, understanding situational football, and I have to figure that Dennis Allen and Sean Payton told the guys before they went out on the field what to anticipate with not having that much time on the clock. There was only one place you can go is throw it on the sideline. And I've heard um, individuals who've never played a down in NFL football from guys who've played in the secondary uh, try to offer up excuses saying that maybe he was trying to avoid the penalty. To me, in that position, knowing as though that 
looking at the bunch formation, looking at the guys on that side, to me, you don't make that mistake. But I don't just blame Marcus Williams. I blame, you know, uh, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, and the play call because there's no way you put a bunch formation into the boundary and you have two defenders sitting at five and at 10 yards and no one over this bunch formation, these three wide receivers, to slow them down. Because if you do that and go back and watch the play, if they have someone over that bunch formation to slow digs down on that route, and that would have given, given the defensive front two more seconds, and they would have gotten to Case Keenum game over. And when I look at the Philly matchup, granted, Minnesota's there. But to me, it was pure luck. They call it the Minnesota miracle, whatever they were calling it. It is just that. The Saints did enough to get into that game. They did not. So when I look at the matchup between Minnesota and Philly, I'm going to give the nod to Philly. I know that sounds crazy to some saying, well, there's no Carson Wentz. It's Nick Foles in there at the quarterback position. But watching him playing a speedy linebacker core, the Atlanta Falcons, that told me something about you know, Nick Foles. The more he plays, the more confidence he builds as a quarterback who hasn't played that much this season, and more Frank Wright and Doug Peterson and that defensive group have in Nick Foles. So for me, Philly wins that game. And I like the bold prediction. Let me give you some weather to amplify your view. We just went through weather.com. It's going to be unseasonably warm in Philadelphia on Sunday, about 45 degrees. So the ball can be thrown. Philadelphia doesn't have to be one-dimensional. Just give the rock to Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. Nick, let's jump over to the other component of that matchup. How do you see the Vikings offense faring against an underrated nationally, but statistically solid top five defense for Philadelphia, led by Fletcher Cox? You know, we see some interesting b We're talking about the Eagles being the number one seed, and for two weeks in a row, they are the underdog at home. Uh, And I know, you know, Coach Jim Schwartz is definitely telling his defense, you know, all year long we've been great against the run. We're the number one seed. That Minnesota's coming in off of miracle play into our place. No one respects us. We don't have our quarterback in Carson Wentz, right? So now we have to go out with our backup quarterback. It's going to be on us to go out there and match play for play Minnesota Vikings defense. And don't get me wrong, the Minnesota Vikings defense has performed well, but all defense have flaws. You look at the fact that they jumped out to a 17 and nothing lead over the New Orleans Saints, only to allow the Saints to get back into the game. And Drew Brees threw those two early interceptions. But what I like to focus on, 294 yards and three touchdowns. There are points and plays to be had against this Minnesota Vikings defense because outside of Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith, who plays great as a safety position, you can attack the other corner, Trey Williams. You can attack Trey, uh, Terrence Newman. Because you look at the Eagles receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, who probably going to get matched up with Xavier Rhodes, so that leaves Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, and Torrey Smith in the passing game. To me, you just think the weather is going to be warm, so you're going to be able to throw the ball. If Nick Foles can go out and be as efficient as he was against that speedy Falcons front seven, the Philadelphia Eagles win at home. Nick, when you look at the four quarterbacks they have playing in this 
in this champ this championship weekend. Uh, there's three of them that have no experience going into the postseason, let alone are well-known quarterbacks, if anything, guys who've been somewhat talked down upon over their careers. Obviously so, because they hadn't been good players at all. But are you prepared in, in the National Football League, you think, in the fan base, are they prepared to probably see or maybe have a chance to see maybe a, a new sheriff in town in the sense of the guy who's going to be hoisting a Vincent Bodhi trophy? Well, you know what, Cordell, that's the great thing about playing this game. It's always the least likely a person that ends up being a hero. And, and we can say the same thing about Tom Brady. And it's probably one of the reasons people hate, you know, there's individuals who hate Tom Brady because he goes from being a no-name six-round quarterback who was thought to may not even make the Patriots to now going on and being thrust into that spotlight because Drew Bledsoe gets injured. I played in that game when that actually happened, and he takes that team to the Super Bowl, and he wins, and he's just been winning ever since. So just the idea of saying, well, are people ready for that? Absolutely. People are tired of the Patriots winning championships, and that's what happens in sports. When a team is winning everything, you know, everyone hates them, but I believe the Patriots may be the most hated team in the NFL. So to see maybe uh, Nick Foles, uh, Case Keenum, who – Undrafted. There's only been one other quarterback besides Case Keenum to win a Super Bowl, and that was Kurt Warner. So to know to the average Joe, to see a guy that reminds him of themselves with the possibility of hoisting up that Lombardi trophy, I think everyone pretty much wants to see that. But in the end, I still think it's going to be two teams. And those two teams are going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. Nick putting it on the tee for us. Nothing bashful there. He has called his shot. Enjoy the games on Sunday. Will you and Cordell be texting throughout the conference title games? Well, if something happens either negative or positive with Case Keenum, of course I'm going to call Cordell. <laughs> and, of course, that text come from him. You know, it would be more like, did you see that? You know, I don't respond. I just sit there and just watch it and wait till it happens. But I really, it was a phone call. That it's after he, the ball was caught and we saw Stephen Diggs going in the end zone. The first conversation <laughs> was, can you believe what we just saw? Are you kidding me? I mean, that was the first 30 seconds of conversation literally between the both of us because I think that was something that caught everyone off guard. Brian, you probably were in your only chair you have in your, your, your apartment and kicking your feet in the air because you're like, I'm so sick and tired of Case Keenum because it's about Case Keenum. I know you just, it's just okay. It's okay. Thank it's you. okay. That's the what we're doing. phone wasn't working in my one-bedroom apartment, so I couldn't call you guys. <laughs> Nick, have a great weekend. We'll chat with you next week. All right. Talk to you guys next week. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.